I guess I ought to say Happy New Year. Amen. Take your Bibles and put them in your laps. I don't know where I'm going to start yet this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I come to you and I just thank you for all your goodness. I thank you, God, for all that you do for us. I thank you, Lord, for bringing us through 2021. and As we enter this next year, Lord, I pray, God, that you bless us and lead us and guide us. and Father, give us the faith to follow. Lord, help us to be everything that you want us to be. We thank you for this time together. I thank you for each and every one here this morning. And I just ask God your blessings on everyone. We do pray for those that are not able to be here for one reason or another. God, I just uh, I just pray that uh, you'll have your hand upon Hebron Baptist Church. And Father, that we'll be able to be the lighthouse in this community. Lord God, that your will might be done in this place. And Father, that uh, we'll be careful to give you the honor and the glory because we know it's only in you that we accomplish anything that's lasting. We ask, Lord, now that you be with us during this service. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to ask you this morning as we get started, what are your plans for 2022? This is a new year. And uh, I'm not talking about New Year's resolutions because you probably know as well as I do, most New Year's resolutions only last a few weeks. And uh, I'm looking beyond that. I want to know what your vision is for 2022. A vision for your life, a vision for the life of your family, and your vision for... Hebron Baptist Church, we've gone through a couple of years that I believe uh, uh, we need to break out of. Last 20 and 21, we've been kind of in the doldrums, the doldrums of fear and distrust and complacency and confusion and any other kind of words that you want to add to it, I don't know, but there's a bunch of stuff. Anything you wanted to describe the last two years, the pandemics, the lockdowns, the mandates, the vaccines, all of that, I'm asking God to uh, give us a vision, a clear vision and a clarion call that we might be able to get beyond that and see what he has in store, of us, store for us in 2022. A few weeks ago, I preached a sermon on vision and I highlighted the verse from Proverbs 29 that says, where there is no vision, the people perish. For the next few weeks, as we go into 2022, I want us to look at trying to establish a vision that is God-given. Not our vision, but God's vision for us here at Hebron Baptist Church. I want us to look at trying to establish that vision. And it can be for Hebron. It can be for your life. 
It could be for your family life. It could be for your business or your job. It can apply to you individually, whatever it is. But I'm asking us to try to grab hold of a vision that God has for us as a body of believers. And I pray that at the end of 2022, we can say what the Apostle Paul did to King Agrippa in Acts 26, 19. He said, Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. He was saying to King Agrippa, in other words, my king, God, has given me a vision and I carried it out. I want us to be able to say that as we go into 2022. I want to help us discover what God's vision is for us here at Hebron and for you in your individual lives that we can also say God gave us a vision and we did not disappoint. We carried it out. Now, it goes without saying that it's going to be difficult to fulfill God's vision for us as a church if we don't know what it is. Amen? The Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. As we go into... 2022, I want to help us discover what God's vision is for us here at Hebron and, like I said, for you individually. And it goes without saying that if we can't see what the vision is, then it's difficult for us to do whatever it is that God wants us to do. There is, without vision, there's no, without vision, the people perish. I will want to share with you three things before I get into the regular outline that you have in your uh, bulletin there. I want to share with you three things that almost always comes around when we don't have a clear vision of what God wants us to do. And I believe over the last two years we've kind of lost that vision. At least I've kind of lost that vision here at Hebron, and and I uh, wasn't real sure. I th- think we took two steps forward and three steps back and another two steps forward and one step back, and we're always going, and we're having a difficult time getting our feet under us, and uh, I believe that might come from me, and I'm making a confession here this morning, and I'm asking God to you know, forgive me and allow me to be the leader that he called me to be. Let me say something about uh, calling a pastor. Just to remind you, I know that most of you know this already, but you realize, don't you, at least in Baptist churches, you don't hire a pastor. You don't just look for someone and say, hey, we want you to come be our pastor. What you do is you go to the Lord as your committee. You go to the Lord and you say, God, lead us to the man that you want to be the pastor of Hebron Baptist Church. I'm trusting that the committee here did exactly that. Lord, lead us to the man that you want to be the pastor. And they came and contacted me, and I came out and I preached for you several times. I got to know you and you to know me. And then we prayed, 
and ask God to give us wisdom and discernment. And we came to a place where we both agreed. My wife and I agreed, and you as a church body agreed that God was calling Russell Clemens to be the pastor at Hebron Baptist Church. Okay? That's how it came about that I became the pastor. It wasn't that you just went to a, a, a search uh, committee and tried to find somebody. You sought God's will, and we agreed together that it was God's will for me to become the pastor and the leader, and ultimately, through the Lord's leadership, it's my responsibility to lead Hebron Baptist Church and... Uh, and I'm afraid that over the last couple of years, and I don't want people to come, oh, Brother Russell, you've done a good job, and that's not what I'm looking for. Don't do that when this message is over, please. That's not what I'm talking about. But I believe that God has laid down a vision to me for 2022. And I'm praying with all of my heart that I'll be able to share that with you over the next few weeks and the... Uh, principles that I will be laying down will be more than just what I think God is leading Hebron Baptist Church to do. This is, by the way, this is the reason I didn't, but see how our minds work and our plans go, where, where man rules, God overrules, amen? And uh, I didn't preach this message last week because there weren't very many people here. And I'm looking over there now, and I'm noticing that we have less people here today than we did last week. But uh, I don't want to stop it anyway. I, I want us, I want us, I want us, this is the first week of the year. I want us to go forward. Amen? I feel like, I feel like Moses there on the edge of the Red Sea, and God is speaking to the Hebrew armies coming up behind them, and, uh, and there was the Red Sea in front of them, and the people were crying out, and Moses cried out to God, and God says, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to go forward. It's time. He raised up that rod, the sea parted, and they went across on dry land. Not mud, not... They went across on solid, dry land. They took that step that you were talking about. And that's what God is waiting for us to do, that we would go forward. Now, let me say this, what I was going to say about uh, not having a vision. When we don't have a vision, at least three things, probably more than three, but at least three things happen every time when we don't have a vision. First thing that happens when you don't have a vision for your life or for your church or for your company or for your business or, or your family or whatever. If you don't have a vision, the first thing that happens is indecision. In the book of James in chapter 1 and verse 8, James, uh, Paul says to James, a double-minded double man is unstable in all of his ways. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. That means you can't make up your mind. That double-minded, I mean, you have all kinds of, you can't make up your mind. You're not singularly focused, and you can't focus, and because of that, you are drifting. You're 
wandering. You're, 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 you're subject to the waves and the wind and whatever happens to be going on and you're just rambling about. You have no goals. You're wasting time and you're missing out on the opportunities that God has laid before you. You just sort of coast through life. You know people that just are kind of coasting, I think for the last couple of years, that maybe we have been just kind of uh, coasting. And by the way, let me tell you something. Usually, almost every time you find yourself coasting, you're going downhill. Very seldom do you ever coast uphill. When you're just coasting, you're going downhill almost all the time. And an unclear vision causes indecision in the hearts of the people of God. Second thing, an unclear vision causes division. An unclear vision causes division. And the reason is not just because people are not able to get along with one another, but they don't know where they're going. And they're likely, when you don't know where you're going, and there's a bunch of you, likely you might be going in different directions. There's a tendency to be divided on things. I want to show you an interesting verse this morning. It's found in the book of Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 2. And you, you may not grasp it at first, but I'll try to explain it to you. It says, because of transgressions of a land, many are its princes. Because of the transgression of a land, many are its princes. Let me tell you what he means by that. A prince is one who is in a position of leadership. A prince is one who makes decisions. And when there's transgressions, in other words, when there's chaos, when there's no clear direction, many are those who think they have the answer. You understand what I'm saying? Everybody knows how to fix what the problem is. And when there's no leadership, when there's no direction, we find ourselves going in all kinds of different directions and that brings division in, uh, into the body. And uh, that comes from not having a clear vision. The third thing, the third thing, not only... Not having, uh, not only does it cause indecision, and not only does it cause division, finally, an unclear vision leads to collision. In other words, an unclear vision is ultimately going to lead into a crash, into some kind of a dead end. Have you ever known anybody? It seems that their life is just one collision after another. It just seems every time. I mean, all through life, they're just going from one tragedy to another tragedy to another tragedy to another tragedy to one mistake after another mistake after another mistake after another mistake. You ever seen anybody that's kind of like a pinball machine and they're just ricocheting all over the place? It's because they don't have a clear vision for their life. And uh, the Bible warns us about not following God's vision. You see, we're not talking about just any kind of vision that we need to have, but we need to have God's vision for our life and for the life of our church. Let me share with you another passage of Scripture. It's found 
in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy. This is the Apostle Paul talking to his protege, uh, Timothy. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected concerning the faith, having suffered shipwreck. In other words, in other words, those that didn't have a clear vision, they didn't end up with the same good report that Timothy did, but they wound up being shipwrecked. You're talking about a crash into a dead end or into somebody, something else that we ought not to be a part of. And uh, that happens when we don't have a clear vision. But I need to tell you, having a clear vision is not easy. It's not an easy job. You have to work hard at gathering a clear vision from God. It requires faith. It requires prayer. It requires thinking. It requires seeking God's will for your life and for those that you are responsible. If you just make up a vision, that's no better than just coasting. And coasting, as I said, is usually going downhill. What you want for your life, what we should want for the life of Hebron Baptist Church is God's vision for us. Amen? And that will result uh, in uh, us beginning to see things clearly and seeing with the eyes of faith rather than the eyes of fear. And that's the main thing that I want to focus in on this morning, and that is seeing with eyes of faith rather than seeing with eyes of fear. Because so many times when God wants to stretch us, when God wants to lead us, when God wants to us to accomplish things that we may not know or think that we can accomplish, sometimes we look through eyes of fear rather than eyes of faith and that clouded vision and disables us and does not allow for us to uh, accomplish what God has for us. Let me just give you one other verse before we get into our main passage, and that's in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6 and uh, verses 22 and 23. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 6 and verses 22 and 23, and all of this has begun uh, is to prepare us for what I believe that God wants us to hear uh, this morning. And in verse 22, we're in Matthew chapter 1, and verse 22, it says, The lamp of the body is the eye. It's talking about vision and having a clear vision. It says, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be filled with light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be filled with darkness. 
And if therefore the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? In other words, if you don't have a clear vision of what God wants you to do with your life individually, your life as a family, your life in your work or your profession or whatever, if you don't have a clear vision of what God wants you to do, it's going to be almost impossible to ever accomplish all that God has for you. Now, I want us to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 3, and I want to give you a clear uh, example of what happens when, you have, when you're looking at your future through fear and what happens when you're looking at your future through faith. And uh, we find this in Numbers chapter 13, starting in verse 27. Is that right? Th 17, I'm sorry. Starting in verse 17. Numbers chapter 13, starting in verse 17. Then Moses, this is at the time the children of Israel have been freed from their slavery in Egypt. They have, been, they have gone through the Red Sea. See, God parted the Red Sea. They were gone up, and now they've come to the place of Kadesh Barnea. And it's their time where they're almost, they're just, I mean, right at the edge of the promised land. And Moses, being the leader that he was, sent some spies into the promised land to see what it was like, to find out what they were going to face when they uh, went into the promised land. And so what he did, he took a person from each tribe. There were 12 tribes. And so he sent a person from each tribe to go in and spy out the land and see what they might encounter. And this is where we pick up in verse 17. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up into the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether their land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests uh, or they're not, and uh, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land uh, now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob near the entrance of Hamath. And they went up through the south and came to Hebron, <clears throat> Ahiman, and whatever those words are. The descendants of Anak were there. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. Then they came to the valley of Eschol and they cut down a branch with a cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them on a pole. They also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. The place was called the valley of Eschol because of the cluster which means which the men of Israel cut down there and they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. I'm telling you what, my parents were in the produce business my whole life. I have never in my life 
seen a cluster of grapes that had put it on a pole and had took two men to carry. This was some kind of place. Man, it was beautiful. It was wonderful. Oh, man, everything was laying out and how God had blessed them. It truly was a land that flowed with milk and honey. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron. I'm in verse 26. Uh, they came back and, uh, to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh, and they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told them and said, We went to the land that you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, oh, they were talking about how great this place was. Some translations, it says, but. Always, always be aware of the but. All these great things, but, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell, dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let's go up at once and take possession that we are all able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with them said, they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report in the land which they had spied out, saying, The land though, though, <clears throat> through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in them were of great stature. They, we saw giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. I want to talk to you this morning about things. How the future looks. What happens when we look at our future through eyes of fear rather than eyes of faith. And I just noticed it's 12 o'clock already. So give me five minutes and let me just go over this real quick, okay? Give me five minutes. I want to share with you things that happen, five things, I believe, that happen when we look through the eyes of fear instead of the eyes of faith. Because, folks, listen to me. God has powerful, great, and mighty things in store for Hebrew and Baptist Church. Amen? I mean, God has wonderful futures for Hebrew and Baptist Church. But it's only going to come to pass if we look at life through the eyes of faith and not the eyes of fear. We'll never get it done if we look through the eyes of fear. This is what happens when we look through the eyes of fear. First of all, first of all, 
We overemphasize the negative. Look in verses 27 and 28. Then they told them him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows <coughs> excuse me, with milk and honey, and this is the fruit. Nevertheless, but there's the doubt, there's the fear. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak were there. Whenever that nevertheless, whenever that but comes in to play, we begin to overemphasize the negatives. They weren't looking at what God had brought them through. They weren't looking at what God had already done for them. My goodness, he had parted the Red Sea and let them go through dry land. They weren't looking at what God had done. They were afraid because of what was ahead of them. The second thing, when we uh, look through the eyes of fear, we pay too much attention to what other people are doing. Look at verse 29. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of Jordan. They take on an attitude, a scarcity mentality. Look at all of the people that are already there. Every place is already filled up with some kind of people. There won't be enough for us. Oh, yes, all those things were good, but there are so many people there doing different things. We'll never be able to do what we feel like God is giving us, calling us to do. There just won't be any room. There won't be the resources. We won't be able to accomplish that which God has called us to do. The third thing is we underestimate our own abilities. Look at verses 31, 32, and 33. But the men who had gone up with them said, we're not able, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. And then go down to verse 33. There we saw giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, so we were in their sight as well. You underestimate our own abilities. We forget about all of the things that God has led us to accomplish in Hebron Baptist Church or led you to accomplish in your own life, in your own families, and we begin to doubt our own abilities and we underestimate what we're able to do. Folks, listen to me. I believe this and I believe it with all of my heart. If I didn't believe it, I would resign today and never preach again. I believe we can do anything that God calls us to do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If I didn't believe that, I would resign right this minute. I believe we can do what God's calling us to do here at Hebron Baptist Church. When we look through the eyes of fear instead of the eyes of faith, we always underestimate. Notice, notice 
They weren't grasshoppers, but we were in our own sight like grasshoppers. They're underestimating themselves, even after all the things that God had done for them. The fourth thing that happens when we look through the eyes of fear rather than the eyes, we infect others with our negativity. We infect others. Look there in verse 32. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying. They gave the report to others and affected what other people thought. And how do I know that it affected what other people? Well, you look down there in chapter 14 and verse 1. So all the congregation, not just the ten that looked through the eyes of fear, but all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. It affected everybody else. When you look through the eyes of fear, not only does it affect you and how you're going to respond to the future and what God has for us, but it affects other people. It infects them. And that fear is contagious, and it begins to grow. All of them, the whole group of them, the whole congregation. The fifth thing that it does is that it makes us miserable. It makes us miserable in verses 1 and 2 again. It talks about how they wept all night in verse 2, and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. Can you imagine they would rather, rather, when, when, when you don't see through the eyes of faith, but only see through the eyes of fear, you lose all hope. Oh, folks, please, please hear me. God has things in store for Hebron Baptist Church. God has things in store for you. Your life, your family, you look to 2022 with faith and not fear. The, the antidote to faith is what I've already said. It's faith. Looking at the future through faith. And I'll, show, I'll read these verses. I'll read these verses and I'll be finished. Uh, verse 30. Then Caleb. Caleb was one of the two. Remember, two of them looked through the eyes of faith. The rest of the ten looked through eyes of fear. Caleb was one of the ones that with faith. He says, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let's go up at once and take possession for we, were, for we are well able to overcome it. And then in chapter 14 and starting in verse 5, uh, Then Moses and Aaron fell on their face before the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son, he was the second one that looked through faith. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. And if the Lord delights in us, 
then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. What does he mean? What does he mean when he says they are our bread? Have you ever said they ate my lunch? That's what he meant. He says they are our bread. They're, 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 just, they're just what's going to feed us and make us stronger. That's what God wants for us. That's what God wants for you. That's what God wants for your family in 2022. Don't be dismayed. Don't be concerned about all of the things that have been going on. But let's look forward. Now, you say, but Pastor, what is it that you think God wants us to do? Come back next Sunday and I'll tell you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for today. Thank you for the blessings you give us. We thank you for all you do in our lives. God, give us faith. Help us see through the eyes of faith and not of fear that we might be everything that you call us to be. In Jesus' name.